Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, and welcome to Journeys in Faith on this Friday evening. It's such a pleasure to be with, here with you on this evening because I have an amazing guest. I have Patrick Sullivan. He is the founder of Evango.net, husband and father, and also the father of a brand new baby. So welcome, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining us here on Journeys in Faith. And thank you, Anne, for having me. This is an exciting time in many ways. It is. And I know that you're a busy father of nine, homeschooling, your, your, your wife and you are homeschooling as well, and have so mm -hmm. much that you're balancing right now. So we look forward to learning more about you and also uh, just how you manage and also the fact that you, your family is so devoted in your faith. And you know, here we are during this time of the pandemic, but I know that your, your mission with Evango.net and also me and my house, which we will talk about, uh, has really been expanding and, and you've been getting the word out despite the fact that we are going through uh, you know, a global pandemic. So uh, maybe we could start out with your own personal story. I'd love to hear it, the story of you, you and your family. Oh, wonderful. Well, our personal story is, if we're talking about right now, it's uh, basically about hunkering down and fixing up our family culture, or the way we like to speak about it here, because we live in Canada and it can get extremely cold. It's already starting that, that dip in the temperature. Uh, we've talked to the kids, you know, in a couple months, it's going to get really frigid outside. It's going to get to the point where it's actually dangerous. So we say to them, put on your coat, put on your scarf, put on your hat, put on your mitts, get ready for it. And we're taking that same approach with our family life, our family culture. We're saying, look, right now in the world, it's somewhat dangerous. Um, there's a lot of fear out there. But what we're going to do, especially as a married couple and with our, you, our children, is we're going to put on your scarf. And that's going to be your family culture. You're going to remember who you are. We're going to put on that warm coat and you're going to remember our traditions and the way we speak and the way we behave. And even though there is reason to be afraid right now a little bit, we Christians are going to march out into that snow. Remember, we live in the Canada of the North here and we're going to play and be joyful because we have tools that come from our family and our tradition, our faith that can really prepare us for it and can really help us out there in the world right now. So that's where the Sullivan family is at. It's all about preparing to go out into very different times, as you know, Anne, and doing something amazing, because this is what we Christians have always done. We've marched out there and said, okay, who's ready to be joyful? We have some good news for you. Of course, that's what evangelization is all about. It's about bringing the good news. And we don't say, well, we have a break from that right now. We're not gonna say that. We're going to say the times are different. We're going to say the conditions are different. We're going to say, look at the snow falling. It's really cold outside. It's actually kind of dangerous. But our mission with our scarf, our mittens, and everything else is to get out there and make snowballs. Oh, I like that. Yeah, get out there and make snowballs. I don't know if, if uh, in Canada right now you <laughs> you're quite there yet. It started it on the West Has Coast. It? We've had snow. It's yeah, we're all. Oh kind of goodness sad. me! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to make a shout out too to your family, who I'm sure is probably watching, and the wonderful work that you and your family are doing uh, to bring evangelization to our church. And not just to Catholics, too. There's people all over who need faith. And what the Catholic Church has to offer 
is something that's so valuable for everyone. And I know that that is exactly what you and your family are doing with your work. So I want to invite people again to go to evango.net. It's E-V-A-N-G-O.net. And even at the website where I'm the director for foundation, we have the link there too at nonatus.org, which is the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. Uh, right there on our helpful resources page under outside resources, you'll see evango.net because we really do believe in the work that you, Patrick, and your family are doing. Thank you so much. So, so let's go back to evangelization. I know right before this uh, show, we were talking about that. And families right now who are kind of scratching their head and saying, you know, I just don't know how to handle what's going on right now in the church. And by saying that, I don't just mean the pandemic. Uh, you know, numbers are dropping. You know, people who are involved in, in attending mass even uh, or, or honoring their faith just wondered if you had any words of advice to them. I do, and I think this is especially true in this time, um, what I'm about to say. We all need to focus right now. We need to really get rid of the extras and focus. And what I mean by that is we need to take a look at the people in our lives, those we actually have within arm's reach, our family, our neighbors, uh, those we can pick up the phone call and just give that casual call to, we need to focus on the individuals. You see, very often in evangelization, we try the wide sweeping net, which is great. We need to keep doing that. But right now it's about, do you know me? And do I know you? It's about, I remember you. See, this is what's happening right now. People are being forgotten. And I want you, I want your listeners to say, who in my life, who is God put right here in my life that I can reach out to and, and let them know, I have not forgotten you. The Church of Christ has not forgotten you, and I'm going to hone in on you, and I'm going to look, and I'm going to ask the Lord, how do I bring you to Christ? And that's a fundamental question you need to ask. The moment you bring it to God and say, how can I evangelize this person? The game changes, right? If you say to God, how do I evangelize the culture? That's a very different question with very different answers. But the moment you say, I have a friend named Fred. And Fred lives over there, and Fred does this kind of thing. This is what Fred's life looks like. The moment I say to God, how do I evangelize Fred? How do I help him fall in love with you, Lord? That is a very different question that brings wonderful answers. And once God starts filling you up with that, now a little knowledge that we can help you with that evangel can take you even further. For example, what is their language of evangelization? And I don't know if you've heard the term before, Anne, or your listeners, but basically, which is it, which form of speaking reaches this person's heart? Is it truth? Is it goodness? Or is it beauty? Yes. Some people, they just need the argument. Reason it out with me, Patrick. Tell me, convince me that this makes sense. If that's your friend, if that's the friend in your life, then they speak truth. That's how they connect to God. And when they feel there's confusion around the church, when they feel something isn't clear, they tend to either walk or even walk at the faith. Some can only connect with God, it seems, through beauty. It's the art. It's the walking in the forest. It's being on the lake in a boat. And they say, I feel at peace here. If you have a friend in your life like that, start showing them the beauty of the faith. Yeah. Hone in on that. Don't, don't spend time on the argument. They're not interested. What they want to see is this faith from this God who is love. God is love. If he's real, then he should be beautiful. Should he not? Absolutely. And the people who followed him for millennia have also done beautiful things. Why? Because we want to imitate him. 
show your friend that. Now, there's one more, of course, goodness. If your friend, your neighbor, your um, someone in your family it speaks the, the language primarily of goodness, what they're looking for, Anne, is not beautiful things. They'll look up at the night sky and see stars and go, oh, that's nice. They'll read some Thomas Aquinas and they'll say, oh, that's interesting. But if you show someone doing a kind action for someone else, you have them. And now they start raising the question, Tell me, you know, what is this God like? Who is it you follow again? Uh, a quick story. Years ago, my daughter Hannah, we were out in the rain. We were doing some uh, grocery shopping. It was my turn. And so we turned into a little date night. And we went out in the evening. And it was lots of people. Everywhere, but it was rain. So I was kind of grumpy. I'm going to admit this to your audience. And I was kind of <laughs> grumpy. I shouldn't have been, but I was. I just wanted to get the groceries in the trunk. And Hannah, the little girl at the time, she was pulling on my jacket. Dad, dad, dad. And I said, yes, we're going to get in the car. We're, don't worry. We'll get dry in a second. No, dad, dad, dad. Finally, I gave her some attention. I said, what is it? And she said, look. And she pointed at a man who had just seconds before given her coat to the woman he was walking with. And I said, what is it? And she said, he gave her his coat. And for her, this was mind-blowing. This was goodness in action. It was God present here. You see, for the person who speaks goodness, that is the window to see God. So I'm saying all of this because today, right now, when you're feeling isolated, you can't meet with all your friends, your, your faith community, all this sort of thing, what you still can do, what you actually need to do, is focus in on those God has put in your life and ask God, what is their language? How do I speak to them? How do I evangelize them? Do not waste time speaking in a way that they cannot hear. They're not trained in that language yet. If Anne, you suddenly switched right now into Cantonese on me, I would not be able to follow the conversation in the least. But in English, I get it. I'm listening. I'm learning. I know I have a lot to learn from you, Anne. It's the same thing with the languages of evangelization. You can be talking and talking and talking, but unless you hit on beauty, because they speak beauty, they're going to miss it. Oh, so, yes. I have a lot a to learn deal. from you, actually. <laughs> well, I think from each other. Maybe from each other. Thank that. you for saying that. And the reason uh, I smiled when you said goodness, because I know that for myself, that's the one. Is it? That, see? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I think anybody who's watching and, and those who know me, I think, know that mm -hmm. too. Because and to me, there's something that when you, you know see that right away. Christ, you see Christ working in that person. You know, that's, uh, that's an amazing that's thing. But the languages are different for everyone. I mean, there's some people who are more in that truth realm and i know friends who are who are there and also in the beauty too so and for That's some great. people maybe it is sort of a combination but do you well, find it's that it's like usually one dominant definitely one dominates and then there's going to be a combination but as you look around and you refer this you're examining this and your maybe faces from your life are coming to the fore definitely one is going to sift to the top but we get confused. We get tricked sometimes because we look at someone's career or their training or the way they speak. And we think that is indicative of their language. And most of the time, that's not true. For example, mm -hmm. I have friends who are um, PhDs in philosophy. And this one friend of mine was out trying to evangelize his fellow candidate in uh, this PhD in philosophy. And they were arguing about back and forth for over a year. And it was amicable, they're friends, and it was going well. But finally, one day, my friend needed to stop and say hello to our Lord in the Eucharist. He missed his time with our Lord that day, so he said, just hold on a second, pause the conversation, I'll be back in a minute. He ran in to say thank you to the Lord in the Eucharist, and when he turned around to leave, 
his friend was standing there just in shock. So we quickly pulled him out of adoration. He said, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't think you're ready for that yet. Let me explain. And his friend said to him, hold on a sec. We've been arguing for what, about a year now. My friend said, yeah, so we have. And he said, and you never showed me that. He said, well, I was going to get to this. He said, no, 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 stop. This conversation ends. I'm now Catholic. Is that right? Said, what wow. What do you mean you're now Catholic? He said, that's beautiful. I want what you have. You see, when we tap into- That's a good story, life, Patrick. <laughs> well, it, it's true. It's good real. Story. I hear this stuff all the time. When you tap into their language, they cannot help but listen. If I go to a foreign country and they're speaking Japanese all around me, they're speaking Russian all around me, the moment anyone speaks English, I hear them. I can't help but hear them. It's the exact same way with the languages. If you've been trying all this time to reason out the faith with your friend and they're not getting it, they're not following, maybe it seems like they're, they're entertaining. Yeah, well, what about this? Try a different language, because I promise you, the moment you're on the right one, the light bulb goes off. And now the question changes to, can you tell me more about this God? Can you tell me more about your faith? And that's what we want. We want to take people from inquiry to meeting Jesus Christ. He changes lives. This is how we do it. Awesome. Such good advice. And I know I've heard this from other Catholic sources, such as I think Bishop Barron might have brought that up too. And it's good. We need to keep talking about it. I mean, obviously, I think we need to keep talking about it because there isn't a one size fits all when it comes to evangelization. That's right. And when you said your friend Fred or whoever it is, Mm -hmm. instead of looking at as wow, the culture really needs to change. Think about somebody that you know personally, because that's that's where it really happens. We can only make a difference uh, one person at a time. If I'm right. Well, well, that is exactly right. And God is a a great big fan of throwing stones, you know, making that one stone ripple across the lake. Um, He wants you and me and he wants all of us to pick up our little pebble, throw it into the lake and together cause ripples. If we all do it, just imagine that wave that comes from it. But very often we, we think we are ready for, you know, I want to throw something gargantuan into that lake. We don't need to do that. Who has God sent you personally? Look in the eyes. Talk to them in the language they understand and, and bring Christ there. That's right. That's beautiful. I'm looking at your website right now, actually right in front of me, because it's a good reference. And you have a book on, on your site. It's called War Against the Woman. And a quote underneath, I'll just read what that quote says. Yes. Mary, mother of the incarnate word, is placed at the very center of that enmity, that struggle which accompanies the history of humanity on earth and the history of salvation itself. In this history, Mary remains a sign of sure hope. Absolutely. You could talk about that book. Well, that book came to be because um, I love Mary, obviously, and I've, I, I feel like, I'm sure it's not true, but I feel like I've read everything I can get my hands on to do with our Blessed Mother. Um, but I've always struggled with something. For me, I'll speak for my own spiritual life. It's always been a battle. It's always been a struggle. I see the worst of myself. I know my faults. I know my failings, my vices. And I feel like from one day to the next, I have to battle the worst of Patrick so that the new man may emerge. That's just my own personal story, I suppose. So I always wondered, how does Mary fit in there? You know, there's such a wonderful personality, a real character, a real person who's kind of entered into this world to, to help, to do real amazing things. But where does her 
um, place in the planet mind connect. And a couple of years ago, uh, through some of my readings, through the actually promptings of St. Pope John Paul II, I realized, wait a minute, I, I've missed something entirely. And what I've missed is that as much as I feel that I'm in the battle, Mary has been in the battle long before me, but for me. You see that? And that was key. And another image came to mind that really pulled it together for me. You see, and when I was a little guy, just a, I think I must have been, I don't know, six or so, somewhere around there. My mother took us to this little party. It was a pool party. And I was so excited because we never got to go to pool parties. And they were bringing out cookies and cake and all that sort of thing. And right before they pulled out the cookies, my mother asked another adult to watch us so she could quickly head inside and use the washroom. Well, she left. The cookies were called. All the kids got out of the pool. And I remember standing there just happily eating this cookie. My mother suddenly emerged kind of out of nowhere like Batman. Batman just kind of shows up. And she dove into the shallow end of the pool. And we all thought that was an amazing dive, first of all, that you're able to do that. Secondly, she was fully clothed. What on earth is going on? Well, she came up out of the deep end with my little brother. No one had seen her little son drifting towards the deep end. No one had seen him gone on. But my mother did. Before anyone was aware of the battle, my mother was pulling her up from the deep end. And I got it finally, Anne. This is what Mary does for each of us. You have friends right now, I have friends right now who don't know the first thing about Mary, don't think they need her. She's already diving deep for them. She's already in the battle to bring them out. And I love her for that. So I love this that story. Book, that, that's this book is about calling to mind for people, showing them in scripture how the figure of Mary, this person of Mary has been diving deep through the Old Testament to come up carrying you Head first, you can breathe again in the New Testament. And we culminate everything with the book of Revelation chapter 12, that war against, obviously, the ancient serpent, the father of lies. Now he goes to make war on her children. So, ah, that's why that book was written. It's based entirely on scripture. And it's very personal to me. Um, she's a mother who's in the battle before me, but also for me. I want to get that book. I don't have it yet, I'll admit, because I just saw it there on your website, but I'd like to get that book. It, it, it looks amazing. And anything to help in that relationship also with our Blessed Mother, because here, you know, we're on Fiat Ministry Network here, yeah. and the tagline is where we say yes to Jesus Christ, and that's for all of us. I mean, that's what Mary's all about, and that's what we're all about. So, um Thank you for sharing that. And I would encourage people to get your book. Just go to evango.net and it's kind of right on that homepage. And then underneath you have your faith talks, uh, faithful, inspiring, intellectually stimulating. So I love to hear about that. Uh, and I know it's like a little subscription. So sounds like a great thing. And I'd love for people to learn about it. Oh, very good. Those are just... Um... I've been asked numerous times. I've always been terrible at it, and I'm sure you're much better at it than I am, in. But I don't record the, the talks that I give all over North America. I just don't think about it. I kind of, it's prayer time. I get in the zone, and I do what the Spirit asks me to do. Um, but we're trying to actually get them recorded so people, especially now, cannot get out to hear speakers. They cannot get out to learn about their faith, have another way of basically bringing the faith to them. So for your listeners, if you're interested in hearing some uh, content from me, it's my voice on there uh, to do with different faith matters, and that's one way to do it. So there will be interviews. There will be uh, 
on all sorts of things I do. I don't even know. Basically, if they put a microphone in front of me, that's where it goes. So you get to hear it at home. Yeah, that's incredible. So please do. I invite people to go to evango.net. I know that you're on all the social media platforms where they can learn more. And um, how about me and my house? I know that's a big uh, evangelization for you and your family right now. Well, it is, it is really big, and it's close to our heart because we keep it. Now, you, you already mentioned this, and we have uh, nine children with the birth of Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a lot of questions. We already had a lot of questions before when we were a small family, you know, of seven or eight. But now we get a lot more questions. People want to know, how do we do it? How do we stay sane? Uh, do we have any tips? Me and my house kind of grew out of the need, the recognition that parents are struggling. And especially within the Catholic realm, because it's one thing to raise your kids generally in the secular culture. It's another thing to add to that. Yes, but I want them to be faithful men and women of God. I mean, that's a huge piece that a lot of the uh, parenting advice, the parenting programs out there are just flat out missing. And they don't consider it in the least. And I've said in different interviews, we have to consider how could it not affect our parenting? We believe and live by the God who is love. How could that not affect how we parent? We believe that God is a loving father. How could that not affect how I parent? So we need to have that Catholic element present right there to give us not just tips and strategies, but a whole framework about how to enter into parenting. I really believe that there's a theology of parenting at play. And of course, this flows naturally out of John Paul II's theology of the body. How should I see God's plan for my parenting? It's a fundamental question I think we've forgotten to ask. And I want to raise that question again to the fore for everyone. How is God asking you to be a parent? How is God asking you to be a mother or father? What does that look like? So we've actually put together a program. It's uh, in a couple of days, actually, it'll become a subscription-based to help all those mm-hmm. who are at home and um, basically want direct access to it. And it's going to cover everything from how to stop yelling to temper tantrums to... Uh, deal with your kids' boredom issues, dying bored, to outings, all the stuff that parents struggle with. But more than that, we're going to address the big issues. What is my family culture? That's huge. How is my family going to set out on mission together? How do I evangelize others with my family? And how do I, as mom and dad, evangelize my own kids? So all of that is in our program, Me and My House Catholic Parenting. And on that website, meandmyhouse.net, if you, our friends go and visit there, you'll see we also have an active blog started uh, with a bunch of parents who have cut their teeth in parenting, but also have a solid theological background as well. So no, you know you're, you're safe. Now, I should mention, and because people do end up asking about this, uh, the program, Me and My House, actually got an imprimatur initial obstat. Mm-hmm. So this is the first parenting program of its kind that I'm aware of. It could be wrong, but no one's come to tell me otherwise that actually has this approval from the church. So we're, we're just so excited about that. And we got that from one of only two cardinals in Canada. So uh, quite a rarity indeed. So we're very thankful. What a blessing. What a blessing. We have a lot more to talk about, about me and my house. So I don't want to stop that conversation, but we do have to take a short break. So please, everyone, stay with us and learn more about Patrick Sullivan and his awesome Catholic ministry. We'll see you in just a few minutes here on Journeys in Faith. Hi, my name is Anne DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at 
knownotjust.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatis on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. Work, And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was, Week after week, month after month, he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners 
that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? Hi, welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on this Friday evening. As I said, we have an amazing guest here. We have Patrick Sullivan. He's a husband, a father, and also the founder of Evango.net. We were talking a lot about that during the first half. I invite all of you to please go to his website and learn more. Connect with him on social media. And he's the father of nine, brand new baby Samuel. And I got to see a picture of him on social media. He's absolutely beautiful. So congratulations to you and your family on the birth of Samuel. Uh, so just backtracking to what we talked about before the commercial break, we were talking about the other part of your website, which leads to the other website called meandmyhouse.net. That's me, A-N-D, myhouse.net. So please do go on there now if you have your phone there, if you're able to. Uh, and it's a beautiful website with opportunities there to grow in parenting. Tell us more. Well, we're, we're actually very excited about the whole project because there is such a huge need right now in the church to help our parents, help Catholic parents. Um, so we're just, we're on fire with coming up with ways, talking with the body of Christ. What would help you? Uh, what would take your parenting to the next level? We start with the assumption that you love your kids and that you want ways to just improve being a parent. That's, that's our starting point. We're assuming that you already love them. And I think that's a great place to start because very often there's, I don't know if you've seen this in, in a lot of parenting programs and studies, there's a lot, it's, it's guilt-laden. It's very much the focus on you should have, but you didn't. We didn't want to start there. We wanted to start with, we're excited that you are a mother or father. We're very excited for you. Now together as a, a faith community, Let's do different things. Let's try different things so that parenting is even easier and joy and peace fill our homes. So that's how we approach parenting. And we're just, we're going from one thing to the next. If you're on that website right now, you'll see there's actually a link there for the five-day Catholic Parenting Challenge. It's a video resource. It's absolutely free. You can go through it and I'm there and I'll be challenging you. Try this today and then tell me what happens. Now try this to tell me what happens. And we receive such good feedback from that little things that you can do to up the faith game in your house in ways that your kids don't see as, you know, pushy or anything else. There are ways that you can do it that our family has done it and other families. We're speaking from experience here. Try this and you'll be happy that you did. So there's the challenge. Uh, we have a show coming out in the future. We don't have a, a timeline yet, but it's going to be um, basically kind of like a documentary reality show on Catholic parenting. Here is the Sullivan family. Uh, we're, we're joyful. We love being parents. We love our faith. And welcome to our life. So that's down the, the pipeline as well. There's so much coming forward. But our goal is this. We want to take the mother, the father, the godparent even, uh, the grandfather, the grandmother, take them by the hand and say, let's do this together. We've been there. We have nine kids. We know what it's like. We know what those struggles are. We don't need to be ashamed of it. We don't need to be worried about it. We'll walk you through what we did, and we'll show you what we think works, some things that could have worked if we tweaked a little bit, and so on. 
So that's the bulk of it, but there's so much in there. That is beautiful because, you know, this is what we need as a culture. And I know that we were saying during the first half that it's not so much thinking about it sort of globally or nationally, but more person to person. So the approach you're using is very personal, but it's making an effect on the whole communities and the countries and the nations. So I think that's where to start is, is how you're uh, approaching this whole idea of godly parenting in a positive light. You know, it's not about, you know, pointing exactly. that finger and saying, well, you should have done this or that. Exactly. It, it's, it's that positive approach to God's love, right? Isn't that where it begins is, is the love of Jesus whole, Christ? The whole donum vitae thing. Do we really believe that children are gifts, right? If we do, then when I meet the parent, maybe the parent's in a messy state right now. Maybe things are not going well for them. I need to look at them and say, thank God that you're here. And that's one of the things we start the program with, affection. This idea that I have to be able to turn to my fellow human being, and especially my own house, my spouse and my children, say, I'm so glad that you're here. That not just changes someone's day, and that changes their life. That's, that changes how they think about themselves. That changes how they commune with other people. And we start with this very basic form of love. I am happy that you are here. I know when I go out, uh, there are times I get to go out these days and I come home. I come home to children yelling, Daddy's home! And they get all excited. I'm thinking, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I know I came back. But for them, that's enough. Daddy is here. That's affection. I'm glad that you're here. And especially in this time when parents are really struggling, families are really struggling, if they can make this one habitual change. Again, in me and my house, we talk about habits. Try this and make it a habit. Lose that other habit. Take on this habit and set very simple steps, easy things they can do and remember that makes long-lasting change. One of the first ones we bring up is this. Start revealing your affection for your kids. Make it positive. Make it out there. Little things. Hey, Susie. Dad, Dad, I'm just glad that you're here. You know, my teenager says, Dad, what are you staring at? Sorry, I was just thinking, you know, of all the kids that are out there, I'm glad that you're here. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh. Isn't that incredible? It's just. Exactly. And that changes the dynamic in the house. It brings joy up. It brings peace up. And the clashes we all worry about as parents that stress, they start to diminish because we just implement these little things from that gift. God has given us a gift, not a burden, not an extra worry, but a gift. We need to just unpack it a little bit. And that's what we help you to do in this course. I'm kind of thinking in my head, uh, as far as the way that secular parenting operates, as you said, it's more on a negative uh, reaction to what you're not doing. And then you see the results of that. We see, you know, children who are, you know, depressed. Absolutely. You see suicide rates in, in teens and young people. Absolutely. And you can only think, I can only think that what you're offering is a really true and good antidote to figuring out how to bring Christ and live as God wants us to live following his will. That's exactly what this program is doing. And I do think it is an antidote for some of those negative effects of what's happening in society. So I'm just very grateful to, to you and your family for offering this and really encourage. And I would say too, it doesn't matter if you're a brand new parent or if you're somebody who's maybe in their 40s, 50s, or even 60s, right? I mean, because you're still a parent even when you are a grandparent. You know, you're still parenting, maybe not in that same way as when the, the kids are still in the house and, 
and everything like that, but you're still a parent. That's right. I, I tell the story so much in, to offer. in one of the videos on, in the program about traveling abroad. And when people see me, they see my ring and they know I'm married. There goes a married man. But what they can't see, and I wish they could, is there goes a dad. I will always be a dad. It's a part of me. It's who I am. It's part of that inner gem. And that is a gift I can give the world. And this is why mothers, you have a gift to give the world. God has given us this gift. We unpack it. We reveal it. And we share with other people around us. Look what the gift that God has given me. This gift will help you. This gift, this person, this face will go out and make change in the world for the better. So absolutely, there's much in there, there that the grandparent can use, the godparent can use. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a whole section on parenting and God's plan. We have a whole section on the habits of parenting where we get to the nitty gritty. We have a whole section on uh, the do's and don'ts of discipline where we talk about the theory behind it. Why are we doing what we're doing? What, how, what does this mean? You know, things about like language. Uh, we have to remove things like always and never from our vocabulary. I agree uh, on that. <laughs> because it affects totally. people's lives. It really does. Can I share a quick story? Anna? Please. Years ago, I was, this is years ago now, I was teaching and I was at this school and there was this student who was in grade 11, I believe, who, he was a very bright boy. He, he, very bright. He could have been on the Dean's List if he wanted to. Very athletic. He could have been on any sports teams if he wanted to, but he just wouldn't. And he was like he would fight with the teachers just because. And I remember having him talk to me after class one day, and I was just trying to figure him out. And I said, I, why are you doing that? Such a, I just don't get it. And he said, well, why don't you get it? I said, because you're a good kid. And he didn't really respond to that. He left, and I just kind of thought about it and prayed for him after that. But I got moved to a new school the following year. And walking down the halls was this student. I was like, wait a minute. Am I, am I in a time where aren't you at the other school? What's going on? He said, no, I switched schools. I said, why did you switch? Were you switched or did you switch? He said, no, I switched myself. I said, so for your grade 12 year, you went to a whole new high school? He said, absolutely. And now, Mr. Selden, guess what? I've got straight A's and I'm on that sports team. And I said, okay, you have to fill me in a little. What happened? And he said to me, and I'll never forget this, Mr. Selden, what do you expect? I'm a good kid. See? You know, how we mm -hmm. speak to other people changes how they reflect upon themselves and our kids are no different when i say to my child you always do that you always disobey me you never do this the child says well i guess that's who i am then so why fight it that's yeah. very different from saying that's very different from saying why are you doing that this time you're mm -hmm. you're a good child you know what i often say to my kids and when they're really being naughty and this gets in every time and please friends other feel free to use this i'll say in very serious tone why are you doing this? You are a child of God. And they're just, it just kind of throws them because God is very serious in our house. We love him. He loves us. It's joy filled. But God is a person. We treat him seriously. Right? And they, so even the little ones, it causes them to, to pause and to think and say, isn't that true? Aren't you a child of God? And yeah, I love it. And the, the shoulders kind of go back and they still a little straighter. And well, yeah, I'm a child of God. Yeah, you are. So how does a child of God behave? Oh, well, they do this. That's cool. That's what I want to see. And everything's changed now. Everything's changed. I don't need to constantly be on them about changing behavior because they themselves have this kind of internal checklist. Wait a minute. Who am I? I'm a Sullivan. I'm a child of God. This is my family culture. I'm putting on my coat, my scarf to go out in the culture. That's what I want to see with my kids. Oh, I love it. It's such great visuals.
I encourage oh, people to <laughs> listen to this episode again because there's so much to learn. And to please to go to those two websites, evango.net, E-V-A-N-G-O.net, and also meandmyhouse.net. And consider that subscription. I think it is a subscription, Patrick, correct? It is. Yeah, that'll be coming out, um, well, certainly by the time we air this. And um, it'll be there for you. And there'll be different options for you as well. We have a lot of friends who ask us, can I use this to go evangelize other parents? And we do have one option on there that's, that's yes, where we add an actual leader's guide there, an interactive leader's guide to help you take this to other parents in your life and evangelize them and even start an online group together. Let's get together once a month, once a week, whatever preference you have, and work on our parenting together as Catholics. And that's a, that's a big deal in my mind, that I can gather with you and say, how are you carrying out God's plan for your parenting this week or this month? What are you doing? Give me some tips. This is what I got from the video where I saw Patrick talking about, what did you get? And so we have all that ready there for you. So if you're in a parish or in a diocese and you want to encourage the Catholic parents that you know to really take it to the next level and fall in love with parenting again, then I really do hope that this is for you and you check it out. I just think it's incredible. And again, I'm, I'm thrilled that the foundation that I represent, the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, has put your website on our particular site, nonatus.org, because we really believe in what you're doing. And I love the fact that it's a real positive spin to faith. We know that faith is not the power of positive thinking, is it? But God is all good. And that's, that's what right. he wants for us. Sin is the evil. And, you know, when we go only on the fact of what, that we want to catechize our children just to know the facts of our faith, the results are not going to be as good as what Patrick is talking about right here. He's talking about something that can be transformative to your children and to the parents. Because the love of God needs to be instilled, not just catechesis, right? I, I think we agree Absolutely. on that. Absolutely true. Yes. And unless your child speaks the language of truth specifically, I mean, I have two children who speak the language of truth, and they eat up the facts, the catechesis, the history, anything to do with theology. They love it. They absorb it. But facts do not equal relationship. Hmm. The more I fall in love with God, the more I want to learn about him. And because he's the God of love, the more I learn about him, the more I fall in love. But for most of humanity, we have to help them meet our Lord. And that begins with this affection. That begins with what happens in the family unit. That begins with the family culture saying, we are Sullivan's. And this is who we are. This is what we do. This is who we love. This is who we know. So it's a whole body approach. We're not just looking at solving these little things that are annoying us parents. We get to those too. Because we've had kids, you know, yell on the floor and stomp their feet. We've had kids totally embarrass us in public. We know all about that. We're, we're looking to help you with that. But what we really want over here at Evango and Kyle and I and our family, well, we want to help you say, we know what our family's about. And we are about bringing peace and joy to this unit, to this home, and the rest of the world. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord. That's right. It reminds me of something called, you know, a family mission statement. I know yeah. some families have, like, say, a scriptural verse or maybe even a catechism verse or something. Do you recommend doing something like that, too, 
as it's, it's prayed great, over. It's, it's a great idea that what I've seen, the only problem with it, and it's not really a problem, it's just we tend to forget about the family statement. Mm. So even if we put it on the fridge, it becomes just, well, there's also a coloring page next to it and a shopping list next to it. So it does happen. It's happened in our house as well. What we want is we want to basically <clears throat> build up the foundation underneath that statement. So yes, keep doing that. If you have one, keep it on the fridge, declutter it maybe, but get underneath it your family culture, get underneath it. These are our house rules. These are our character rules. And we explain all this in me and my house and what that means and how it can help you. And once you get all that stuff out, then you realize you're not going to forget this. Uh, another quick story, if I may, years ago, this is many years ago now, I was a young man and I went to a party I should not have been at in the least. I'm going to say that right now. But I met another young man my age and he was not partaking in any of the things that were dubious. Okay, He just was not. But he was a happy-go-lucky, friendly, everyone loved him. So I approached him and I said, why aren't you doing what all these other people are doing? And you know what he said to me, Ann? He said, well, you know, to be quite honest, I'm a, I'm a judo athlete and my family's all about judo. And um, if I take in part in any of this stuff, if I didn't do any of it, then I can't be what I am. And that got me thinking, this kid in the worst scenarios is deciding with his family for his betterment because he knows who he is. That's what I want for our Catholic families. I want Catholics to be able to pass on to our kids. When they go in the world, I know who I am. I'm not going to be swayed this way or that. I know who I am. I know my family culture. I know my mission. I know our family statement. It's who I am. That makes all the difference. And again, it cuts down all those clashes we have with our kids. Can I borrow the car to go there? Well, how does that fit in with your family culture? Well, that's a good point. I've seen those conversations. They actually happen. Uh, I want to go do that thing, even though it's a school night. You sure you want to go do that thing? Is that really going to help your, your mission? Yeah, that's a good point, Dad. And I can say to my kids now, they're old enough, I can say, why don't you think Dad's doing that? Or why did Mom and Dad decide not to do that? Oh, come on, Dad. Of course we're not going to do that. Why? Well, because we're a missionary family. It's just, yeah, of course. Of course. So we want that, that reason to be there without having to have the long conversations all the time. So put that statement on the fridge, absolutely, but build the foundation underneath it, these big issues, the big questions, and we're going to help you with that. So there's no guesswork. Oh, that's just perfect. And uh, my, my mind is kind of, you know, processing everything, even for my own family. I mean, my children are older. They're out of, um, out of school. One is graduating from college this coming year. And, but, but I think that this can be implemented at any time bringing that mission deeper into who we are. So I'm just making a shout out to those watching or listening. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're away from your faith, it's never, ever too late to begin. But it starts with that relationship with Christ. In letting us, we want you to know that God loves you no matter where you are and your family. And God wishes for you to be close to him and let him love you. I think oh, you would agree on that one. I love how you put that. Let him love you. Mm. Very often, the, the barrier we feel between God and ourselves is something of our own making. One brick at a time, we put up this, I'm not lovable brick. And God, your entire life since day one has been trashing it down with you know, a wrecking ball, but we tend to build that wall quite quickly. <clears throat> this God does love you. He doesn't hold back. He knows the gifts he has given you, and he wants you to turn around and give it to the world. But you have to tear down that wall. No more excuses, I'm not lovable. No more excuses, I'm not worth loving. God does love you. He's proven it. 
And even today, if you ask him, if you reach out, okay, Lord, here's Anne, here's Patrick talking about God's love for me. Show me. God will show you. But the question is, are you willing to let him love you? So I love the way you said that. Oh, thank you. I think that must have been the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that <laughs> happens sometimes. <laughs> um, would you have any advice? I, I love the fact that you said that in that story that you told, even though that particular person that you met at the party, he wasn't uh, practicing the Catholic faith, but he had an allegiance to the way he was raised and what he felt was the right way to be, mm-hmm. not to dishonor his family, right? That's right. So for people who might be watching who, you know, there's a lot of people who are either converts or coming into the faith where they were raised from kind of not really very much of a religious family mm. and maybe feeling those ties to what, how they were raised to begin with as they move forward as Catholic Christians. Any thoughts on that one? Well, it's a, it's a great point because I myself, my wife as well, we weren't raised in religiously uh, oriented mm. or emphasized families. So for us, we don't want to shun where we come from. Of course not. We love our parents. We love the families we grew up in, but we know something's missing and we're trying to implement that in our own families. I want to make sure though, that when I reflect on my background, my beginnings, my family unit, I do find Christ present there. Mm. Uh, This is the God of goodness. So when I see goodness in my family and I think back, wow, my mother really instilled in us this sense of loyalty, this sense of honor, the sense of being a man of your word, the sense of treating women respectfully, those are great goods. And I can pass that down now as, you know what, as grandma taught your daddy, we should always be men of our word. When you speak, I should be able to trust you without even asking. Is that true yet? I can say that to my son. Is that true yet? Yeah, dad. And he starts, you know, the eyebrows are dancing. I I think so. You know, I want you to start reflecting on that. So if you come from a family where the faith was not paramount or at least at the forefront, that's okay. Look back with the mind of Christ using the Holy Spirit. Help me inspire me, right? To see where you were present, the teachings, the lessons I got where you were really there and take those and pass them on. Because what we don't want to do either is teach our kids. Yeah. You know, grandma and grandpa are, are off the, the, the plot here. They, they've just missed the boat. No, no, no. They had natural virtues as they still have natural virtues. And the Holy Spirit was working with them and in them even back then. We just need to uncover that and present them in the best light too. We come from good places. There were troubles. There were struggles. But we come from good places. And now we're going to make it even better. It's like building this great monument to our Lord. So together we can do that. I love that. That was just perfect because... We live in a culture that sometimes sees the negative, as you said, even with that whole idea of the negative parenting techniques, yes. shaming someone. But when you look back at your life and think, okay, maybe I wasn't from a family of, quote, faith, but there were still some good things there. There were still some virtues and character building, even if there were some vices too, right? I mean, right. can focus That's on right. that positive. that's right it's a good way to look at it It really is thank you for that oh you're welcome you're very yeah now we're headed toward the end of the show so i wondered if you had any final words uh, of advice maybe for for parents well i'll say this I, i know a lot of parents right now are stressed out with going back to school they're stressed out with you know the current uh health crisis they're stressed out with handling their kids at home and you know, and they're hearing from other people in their lives, you know, what were you thinking becoming a parent? I want to offer this. Being a parent, especially a Catholic parent, is to 
trust. It's to trust that God trusts you. He trusted you with this little one because you are trustworthy. But we're also people of hope. Right now, I'm raising nine children who I know one day I'm sending out in the world because I really believe I'm creating weapons of the world. What I mean is little atomic bombs of grace and love who can change the face of this planet. When you feel that stress come on you, when you feel the anxiety come on you, remember those two things. God trusts you with this child because you are trustworthy. And have hope because he knows what you can do with and for these kids, with them, through them, you're going to change this world. Have peace, have joy. It's there for you to grab. Oh, thank you so much, Patrick. And thank you to your wife and your children for you allowing them, allowing us to spend time with you on this show so that others can find out about your amazing mission as a family. And isn't that so important right now, but always. So I invite you to come back again to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. Thank you so much. And it was always, as always, a pleasure being here. And I love chatting with you. Such great conversations. Thank you. And again, please, I ask all of you to, to go to his website at vango.net and also meandmyhouse.net. And also, of course, join us again. We're here every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. here at Fiat Ministry Network. And I invite you also to go after this show on a website called patreon.com. And then you want to go to slash discover your mission. There will be a video available there called Five Minutes of Faith. One of the guests on that show will be Patrick Sullivan. So please do check that out. That opportunity will be there for you sometime after the show is over. And it is a, a subscription service, the, the Patreon site. And it's, it's truly an amazing thing for you and your family with great Catholic content where a Catholic mission is brought right to your phone or computer as a download, a permanent download for you to have and to learn from and grow. So again, we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for joining us here on Journeys in Faith. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.